0: Where self care comes into play because the self care is going to give you the practices to not only deal and cope with like trauma healing. It's going to give you the practices to call your call you out and do shadow work. That's basically like telling yourself no, uh, your inner biases are not okay. And then it also is going to be like the physical self care of making sure that you're still functional. Functional. Um, and that you, uh, that you love yourself and you parent yourself correctly. Hey everyone, you're listening to Beauty Witch Podcast. I am your host, Vella Moore, and this is episode two. So this episode is called Mind, Body, Spirit, and how you need to activate all three to maximize your witchcraft. This episode actually has nothing really to do with beauty magic and more just general magical practices. There will be a few of these kind of episodes sprinkled in, and I'm excited to talk to you about them. The first thing I want to say is that spells and rituals are easier when you use all parts of yourself and all of the parts are your mind, body, and spirit. Um, You will get a better outcome on your spell work when you activate those three parts of yourself. Again, mind, body, spirit, your physical self, mental self, and spiritual self. Most new witches or people who are dabbling with witchcraft, they pay attention to the physical and spiritual sides, but they frequently don't pay attention to the mental side. So I want to marry all that stuff together in this episode and teach you how to focus on all three parts. And we'll also be going over like the general gist of how to cast spells. So there's that. Um, But before we can do all of that, let's jump into our Zen session. Okay, so welcome to our second Zen session. We have of the podcast ever. This Zen session is gonna be about finding the three parts of yourself. So in like choir or in acting classes, you do a thing called like finding your breath or finding your voice. And that's where you do exercises to like basically warm up those sections of yourself. So we're gonna do that with um, ourselves and like a little exercise. And so... It's kind of dumb. <laughs> it's like a re- really kind of silly, but I want to do it anyway. So the first thing you're going to do is we're going to warm up our body. And I'm going to back up here um, a little bit. So I might be a little out of focus. And to warm up your body, you're just going to do some basic stretches. And my favorite one is like arm circles. You can do whatever stretch feels good to you, but I'm going to do an arm circle. So if you're just listening, what I'm doing is I'm... I'm not moving my hands out away from me, I'm keeping them up close to my body and I'm letting them dangle in front of me. And so I'm just moving my wrists and my elbows up, across my face, up into straight lines, and then down flat to my sides. So you're sort of like bringing energy up through your middle, up through as high as you can reach and then fanning out to the side. So I hit my full wingspan while I go back down. I'm just gonna make these, and you can do it really big. So eventually you can keep your arms straight and cross them over each other and make giant circles. Um, I'm in a very small space. (laughs) So I'm just going to keep bending my arms. Um, I just like to do this over and over again. And this is how you create energy in your body and so when you do spell work one thing you have to learn how to do is create energy and one of my favorite ways to do that is by creating heat it's a very easy every it, like it once you learn how to do it it gets really easy so creating heat is just like stretching exercising also friction like rubbing your arms together or your hands together stomping is good so I'm just gonna do this until I can feel myself nice get nice and warm cat's nice and warmed up. She's jumping and running all over the place. All right, so once you do that a few times, now it's time to get your mind warmed up. And when people think of like mind exercises, they think of like Sudoku, stuff like that. So instead what we're going to do, because I can't, I'm not just going to like throw out like a word pu- a puzzle or anything like that, so we're going to do some tongue twisters, and the reason I'm doing tongue twisters is because I firmly believe that your mind and your throat chakra or your voice are absolutely interconnected. That what you say out loud is what is happening in your mind. That's where you, your filter comes from and whatnot. And I also think wait see I can't even say it. I also think tongue twisters require your brain and your nervous system to work really well together so that way you say the words correctly. So if you're watching this, I am going to put the words up on the screen. As text for you to say so the first one is simple it's red leather yellow leather not really a tongue twister more of a pronunciation technique so I'm just gonna say it over and over again probably like two more times red leather yellow leather red leather yellow leather so the next tongue twister is unique New York so when you do this one you want to pronounce the really well Unique New York. Unique New York. Okay, so the last tongue twister we're going to do is one of my absolute favorites, and I have it written so I can say it correct the first time. And it's Betty bought butter, but the butter was bitter. So Betty bought better butter to make the bitter butter better. Okay, we're going to say that again. Betty bought butter, but the butter was bitter. So Betty bought better butter to make the bitter butter better. Now we're going to say that a little faster. Betty bought butter but the butter was bitter. So Betty bought better butter to make the bitter butter better. I'm going to try and say it without looking at it this time. It's been a long time since I've done an acting class, so it's been a long time since I've done a tongue twister. But it's um, Betty bought butter but the butter was bitter. So Betty bought better butter to make the bitter butter better. And just got to say stuff like that over and over again. So I find that is a great mental exercise. It makes me really think about what I am saying, which is extremely important in witchcraft, especially if you say an incantation. So the spiritual warm-up is honestly going to be more like Zen. <laughs> going to fit the Zen session a lot better. And that is we're going to warm um, our hands together and you're going to feel the energy as you pull your hands apart. So to start, you're gonna do your, a little breath exercise and you're gonna hold your hands together in like a praying position with your palms pressed together and your fingertips pressed together, but not interlocked, not intertwined fingers, just flat. And then you're going to move your palms down so that way your elbows truly come out and you're putting a lot of pressure between your palms. So we're going to position ourselves like this and then we're going to do three deep breaths. And on the fourth breath, we're going to begin to slowly move your palms apart. And you should be able to feel warmth or some kind of energy between your palms. And once you start doing this, your, your elbows don't have to be so far apart that it like hurts your biceps and stuff. You can sort of move your palms upward and out. Okay, if you're watching this, you I think you should get it. But if you're listening, it's obviously harder. Okay, so sit in a comfortable position. Get your palms ready, and we're going to begin doing three breaths, and on the fourth exhale is where we're going to um, separate our palms. All right, ready? Inhale on a count of four. So inhale, two, three, four, and exhale on four, two, three, four. Don't forget to breathe with your stomach, so inhale. Two, three, four, and exhale. Two, three, four. All right, this is the third breath. Inhale, two, three, four, and exhale. Two, three, four. All right, last breath, inhale, two, three, four, and exhale. And as you exhale, slowly move your palms apart. They should feel magnetized together. I want you to feel that you have the power to manipulate this energy. If you wanna hold it in place, you wanna make it malleable, squish it back together. And then to release it, just pull your arms apart as fast as possible. Not as fast as possible, but quickly. And I like to like <laughs> wave my arms around like I'm shooing the energy. So that was your Zen session. We just warmed up our mind, body, and spirit. So back to the episode. Okay, so thanks for coming to the Zen session. Um, those are really starting to be fun. The first thing I want to talk about in this episode is breaking down a spell. So, like, what is a spell? How do you do one? What is the formula? First, I want to define what, I'm, what I mean by a spell. And in this episode, when I'm talking about a spell, I mean a method to manifest something magically. That's a lot of M's. You can perform rituals without them necessarily being spells. Most of the time you want to get something out of a spell. Whereas a ritual is more, it's more or less, it like doesn't even have to be magical, a ritual does. Um, but rituals are more for all kinds of things. Like you can do a trauma work ritual. You can do a, like, it's... Exp- in beauty, you can do like an exfoliation, release ritual, like rituals don't have a lot of um, of the same structure every time. They're more general. They don't really have to be magical and you typically don't get something out of them. Sometimes you can elevate a spell to be a ritual or you can encapsulate a spell in a ritual. So you do a bunch of other things in your spell to basically heighten the energy. So that way the spell is more powerful. And that is where like full moon rituals and stuff come from where you're doing a spell But for our intents and purposes, when we're talking about spells, we're just meaning manifestation-focused spells. So what the heck is a spell? And a spell is a manifestation technique that's broken into four parts. And this is very easily seen in the phases of the moon. If you follow witchcraft or any kind of moon magic, this will be familiar to you. So spell is broken into four parts. The four parts are intention setting, active and inspired work, very important that I think a lot of people forget, the actual manifestation and energy work, and then finally releasing and grounding. And the last one can almost be two whole separate parts, Um, but I like to throw it together. So that is the basic framework for every spell. You, You cannot manifest something without doing those four things really. Um, you may do one of them at a time in a spell, like many people who follow the moon cycle or do moon magic do one at a time. The new moon is for intention setting. The waxing moon is for active and inspired work. The full moon is for manifestation and the waning moon is for the releasing and the grounding period. Um, sometimes you do... Like, a majority of a few parts, and you kind of only do a little bit of some. Sometimes you do the full thing in a, in a spell, and it takes you five minutes. Like, you got to have the four parts to complete the spell. You cannot do a complete manifestation spell without those four parts, in my opinion. Um... You may find that you're able to manifest something without doing the four parts. In my opinion, you're usually hindering your true magical abilities, your true power by not completing the four parts. Um, or you're um, actually doing the four parts and you don't even know. That's just my opinion from what I have studied. I am willing to be have my mind changed. but. That this that this isn't the correct framework, or that you don't need to complete these things to do um, a spell. But I feel like once I start to describe them, you're going to be like, yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't really see any way around all of that. So we're going to talk about intention setting first. This is my absolute favorite part of a spell, mainly because I'm the kind of person that starts shit and doesn't complete it. So, I do a lot of intention setting. Um, Intention setting, what is that? So, an intention is a want, a desire, and a... So, it's a want and a desire, but it's more than that. It is the purposeful um, statement that it's going to happen. So, I could want a million dollars, but if I set an intention for a million dollars, I'm saying, oh no, I'm going to get a million dollars. Um, I'm gonna do that. It's like making a commitment. An intention is more commitment-focused than just a want or a desire. And um, not... I say um a lot, by the way, so I'm gonna try and do that less as I continue to make podcast episodes. I just noticed it. But But an intention can be a want a desire it can also be a need it could be something that is very very general like I intend to be a good person or it can be something that is very specific I intend to have a job at my favorite restaurant I waitress for only 32 hours a week and I specifically make this much in tips on average like you can do you can be as specific or as Uh, vague as you want, I have found that typically the more specific and contractual your intention is, aka the more you check it for loopholes, the more your outcome is what you actually truly wanted and less of a loophole. So for instance, if you set the intention, I want more money or I need money now. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to make money. The universe could say, like, okay, here's a penny that you found on the ground. Like, that's money. There it is. I did it. See? And the universe will take the path of least resistance. And so it is important to be very specific. So if you need, if you actually need enough money to make rent, and that is $800 that you need by the end of the month, specifically, not even by the end of the month, by the 25th, because that is when your rent check comes out. So you need to tell the universe, look, universe. I intend to have an extra, not just what I usually get in my paycheck, an extra $800 by the 25th. No, let's make it the 24th, so I have it before. Of this month, which is um, August of 2019, I, I intend to have it in my hands, in my bank account by then. So, $800. Clock's ticking. That's how you make a good intention. <laughs> maybe, maybe be a little more grateful <laughs> in your intention and less demanding as I, my example was, but I'm sure you can catch the drift. And like I said, I often stop at this phase when I'm doing my spells and I put them in quotes because I like never finish anything and I wonder why none of my spells happen. Um, and the reason why I never actually manifest every, anything is because I don't do the next two steps, which is active and inspired work and actual manifestation and energy work. And what makes this, so okay, at the end of me explaining the four steps, I'm going to describe to you how a spell is different than just goal setting. Because I think that when I first started magic, I was like, wow, a mystical version of goal setting, which I mean, at the same time, I'm like, yes, let's be mystical in literally everything. Like I want my whole life to be mystical. But then also like, what's the point of magic? So I will go back and I will describe what makes spell more than just goal setting because it's going to sound very very similar to goal setting kitten please don't okay (laughs) my cat's trying to drink all my water here if you're watching the video this is my kitty her name is kitten aka scout she's very noodly right now because she's little all right so the next section of spell work is the active and inspired work this part is either seen as literal work to get what you want so if my intention was to make 800 dollars before the 25th this month maybe a part of my active and inspired work is to um post a post on my like neighborhood facebook group or the next door app saying hey i'm free every weekend to mow lawns um, who needs their lawn mowed? i will come and mow them all day every every weekend for the rest of the month anybody open so that could be a part of the active and inspired work. Another part of the active and inspired work that we are all very familiar with in spell casting is casting the literal spell. That is literally it. Inscribing the candle, putting oils all over the candle and anointing it, lighting the candle, charging your sigil. All of that is the active and inspired work. Like You have to physically do something to make a true spell happen. Even if it's something as simple as writing your intention down on a piece of paper, folding up the paper, kissing it, and putting it away. Like, so uh, what I just described is actually all four parts. Um, the kissing would be the manifestation, energy work, and then the putting it away would be the release and ground. But there is like work that's required in every spell you cast. Um, and I don't want to. I don't want to make it seem it's easier said than done because it's not. Because most of the time, yeah, it's kissing a piece of paper and putting it away, but it's not just that. It's also going on Facebook and saying, I'm going to mow anybody's lawn, anyone, hello. It's it's also applying for all the jobs or um, going out on dates if you want to find somebody. Like, you can't just wish it. You need to do it too, right? And so I want to make... <sighs> I want to put emphasis on the work. I also believe there's a lot of privilege with things like this and um, a lot of the times people attribute hard work to something that they didn't actually work very hard on and they just got it due to privilege. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, maybe you manifested it, maybe it was white privilege. I wholeheartedly agree with that. However, we're talking about I want to, while I do want to keep that in mind, and I want to ensure that we are all on the same page of that, that most of the time, for people who come from privileged backgrounds, they're able to quote unquote manifest things easier because of their privileged background. That is true. I am not negating that. However, I want to keep this episode as simple as possible. So, we're going to talk about things very generally. Again, of course, people from marginalized backgrounds are going to have to work harder due to just the reality of life, which is dumb. And we, as people with privilege, should try to dismantle that. So we're all on equal playing fields. 100%. Let's do that actively every day. That's something that, like me as a white person, I should be doing. Like I said, but we're going to keep things simple. So we're going to just assume it's an equal playing field right now you got to do the work to get what you want. You can't just expect um, Prince Charming to fall on your lap if you don't ever make a tender. Like, you can't just expect things to happen for you. You have to go forward with it. Praying isn't good enough, and intention setting is basically the same as praying. I'm sure we have heard all that. Your thoughts and prayers don't matter. What matters is your action. That's so important in... Um, spell casting as well, even if that work is super mundane and not magical at all. But of course, magically doing the spell is a part of that work. So what's next is the manifestation and energy work part. So this would be the charging of the sigil. So just writing the sigil is the work, but the charging of it is the manifestation and energy work. This is the connecting with the moon or drawing down the moon. This is the breath work. Um, this is the energy that we literally just built up at in the Zen session this is all a part of the manifestation part and this and the active work sort of go hand in hand you, as a spell you can't really do one without the other and so you'll probably hear me say something is the act uh, active and inspired work, but it is also the manifestation and energy work. So another part of the manifestation and energy work is that this happens throughout the process. You could do a energy build up session, like our Zen session we just did, or like clapping and chanting to build up your energy during an intention setting um, session. So that way you're you have a ton of energy behind your intention. You can. Um, do like tons of self-care during the align or the uh, um, active and inspired work sec- section so that way you are consistently in alignment with where you need to go when you have enough energy to continue doing that work. You can communicate with spirit guides, deities, ancestors, and other astral beings that you connect with in your practice to help you stay inspired and to help you understand how you're moving forward in your highest good during the full moon phase. And then um, obviously you can connect with plant medicine, earth medicine, and things like that during the last phase of the spell, which is the release and ground. The manifestation and energy work, I will be completely honest, is still very elusive to me Personally in my practice. I still have a lot of trouble with this. It's something I understand I understand how to build energy. I took acting classes like for years and That's what acting in all it is especially on stage and not necessarily in film is moving and creating energy and having that energy affect a whole audience, and so I understand that aspect. I just don't understand how to make things happen from it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I know how to like build a bunch of energy, but I don't know what to do with it when I have it all. So that part I'm still working on, and if there's things that you totally understand that I'm not explaining well or that I'm leaving out, I highly suggest to you to communicate that with the, um, the, the team, the community. Eventually, we'll probably have an actual place to keep the to hold the community, like a Facebook group or something. But for now, it's just kind of everywhere and on Instagram. But I suggest you talk about it, share this episode on like Reddit or something, and put your thoughts in because it's very important. That was a tangent, by the way. I, I have it's like nine o'clock at night, and I've been drinking this coffee, so there's going to be a lot of tangents. So the last piece of a spell is the releasing and the grounding piece of it. And this is, of course, the last step. And this is a step that I think a lot of people forget about that is so important. And it has two steps within it. So it's like two pieces actually. So the first part is the release. And this is literally giving your intention away to the universe and forgetting about it. It is burying it. It's putting it somewhere where you don't have to work on it anymore. This is so hard for people. It's surrender, you need to be the hanged man. This section is letting it go because if you get too caught up with the outcome, you're limiting beliefs, you're overthinking, you're overworking, you're gonna burn the spell out. This is making, this is this is what it is. If you create a candle spell and the candle is for like a 30 minute candle and you light another candle To continue the spell, you're overdoing it. The candle goes out naturally. That, and then you just leave it alone. Like, that is the release part. I'm gonna, (laughs) like, have a mental breakdown talking about this. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Don't touch it. When you are done with the manifestation part, the third step, when you've done the intention setting, you've done as much active and inspired work as you can, and manifestation energy work, it's time to leave it alone and just back away. Let the universe take care of it because it's going to take care of it and it's going to continue your magic. There's only so much of your energy and magic you can put in something until you mess it up. Trust me, I would know. (laughs) And then there's grounding, which is a, a step that I think would really truly assist you in this release step. It is allowing those pent-up energies, those anxieties, things like that to be released from, your, from yourself, from your body, your psyche, so that way you can continue to heal, stretch, and grow into the next phase of who you are. This step is extremely important because um, if you are using energies outside of yourself, like from spirit guides or whatever... You don't want to keep that kind of energy within you. You want to make sure you go back to your basic essence at the end of every spell. If you've built up a ton of specific type of energy, like let's say you are cursing someone and you build up a bunch of rage energy, like we're going to curse Brock Turner, and you build up all this rage energy so that way your curse is truly, or your hex or whatever, is truly powerful. You don't don't want to keep that rage energy going. You don't want to let it proliferate throughout your environment and your sacred space. So it's very important to ground that. Um, I'm going to reference it again. One of my favorite witchy books is Craft by Gabriella Hurstick. I highly suggest you get this. There's a great, um, I have the Kindle version as well. So I suggest you get that. I don't know if there's an audio version or not. But Miss um, Hurstick's description of a ground... Of grounding after a spell i really like and that's kneeling on the ground setting your forehead to the ground and just like letting all the energy release into the earth and it's best to do it into earth but if you just have to do it like on your floor that is totally perfectly fine as well um, lastly, this is where any cleansing would happen. So if you do a spell, it's very important to cleanse afterward. You can do a smoke cleansing that aligns to your practice and your culture. You can do a water-based cleansing. You can do a sound cleansing. There's all kinds of cleansing you can do. But it's highly suggested that you cleanse after every big ritual spell you do. So your full moon rituals and stuff like that. Okay, so we just defined a spell. And the last thing I want to say is what makes a spell different from your typical goal setting is that manifestation energy work most of the time goal setting is just the intention setting and the active inspired work the last two steps in a spell aren't really there in goal setting you just continue to do that um i think more people should do the release and let go part of goal setting like if their goal is to make a youtube channel like make a bunch of videos and let them go like don't Re-upload, don't continue editing them. I know a lot of artists have that, it's never done feeling. That's sort of a part of the release. All right, so now we're gonna move on to the mind, body, spirit piece of this and how we can incorporate all three pieces of ourself in our spirit work. So I'm gonna start with the, me- the mind, the mental piece because I think that's the most important piece that is left out, left out the most. Yes, I think it is more important than the spirit piece. So obviously the mind covers all things mental. Um, And this is the hardest piece because this has to do with things like your belief system, your internal biases, uh, your limiting beliefs, your personal ethics, and your general mindset. And a lot of people have a hard time changing their minds. It's very hard to get people to truly change their minds. Um... For instance, somebody may say, no, I don't have any limiting beliefs around money. I don't have any. I've worked through that. I've healed through all of my money limiting beliefs. And lo and behold, uh, they still feel like it's selfish to ask for money when they own a business and things like that. And a lot of times these limiting beliefs make it to where it's really hard to manifest what you want because you can't put your full self into the spell. So I personally believe that if you're going to incorporate spell work into your practice, you also need to incorporate healing work into your practice, specifically about rewriting your mindset and limiting beliefs, healing past traumas you may have had or that past generations may have had um, that uh, truly affect you. That is extremely important, generational trauma and trying to heal and break those cycles. That If that is not a part of your practice and that affects you, I highly suggest looking into it and focusing on it. Um, And also somebody without that kind of generational generational trauma creating space and places for people to do that kind of healing safely is important as well. It also has to do with literally establishing ethics, challenging your inner um, internal biases and inner beliefs continuous work on mindset. This is a part of your journey that honestly I doubt anyone is going to ever complete or be perfect at. This is something that's going to take you forever and so let's go back to the money limiting belief. Let's say that you really want to manifest like let's say you have a business. That's where my mind is a lot of the time so if I use a lot of businessy or like job related examples it's because that's what's on my mind very frequently but let's say you have a business and you really want to start making the money so let's say that's your goal you're like i've been working on this business for a year i am ready to make that like milestone money i'm ready to make that big girl money so what if you do if you're like okay i, I set that intention but i know i have money limiting beliefs i know i have like problems around this like Am I never going to be able to manifest this because I have these limiting beliefs? No, because A, you're self-aware enough to know that you have them, and B, a part of this spell is going to be challenging those limiting beliefs. Oh my gosh, my cat is sleeping in a box, and it is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Anyway, I'm ranting, so we got to get back to the rant. But it's important that you continually challenge those mindset, uh, that money mindset, or that limiting belief, so that way you can continue to make progress. So maybe instead of uh, casting the $5,000 a month goal, you cast smaller goals. And each goal is a challenge for you, uh, mindset wise, so that way by the time you can cast the $5,000 a month goal, your limiting beliefs around money aren't as uh, strict, they're not as restricting. Obviously, I totally believe that challenging your biases and dismantling um, inner colonialism or racism or capitalism that you may have ingrained in you or learned is something that is important for everybody, regardless of spiritual practice. So next, I'm going to talk about the body piece. I feel like this is easy for people because every human has a body. this is the one tool you have with you that can make magic and it is a part of what makes humans magical. Humans are very creative and that is something that I think sets us apart from a lot of the other animals in the animal kingdom. The Your body is your magical vessel in every way, shape, form, and ability that it comes. It is your most powerful asset um, and I think it should be embraced. I think that This piece of yourself has a lot of baggage with people, which is something that I want to talk about a lot on my podcast in general because I feel like beauty and body have a lot. um, They they go together a lot. They're associated together. But so in this part, I think you can think about in your spell work. This is where. First of all, this is the physical piece. This is where you're physically lighting a candle. This is where you're doing your um, energy-provoking dance. This is where you're kneeling down to ground. Like this is where you're like physically moving, doing doing the physical things. This is where you're writing um, on a piece of paper. This is where you're lighting that piece of paper. This is like the physical act. And so I think it's super important because your body is a sponge and it absorbs that energy literally, literally your body's a sponge. Like, please be careful with what you put on your skin. Oh my gosh, your skin is an organ. Anyway, <laughs> use charcoal masks. Anyway, um, your body requires self-care and the self-care needs to be Like, I think everybody deserves self-care. And self-care needs to come to all three parts of ourself, right? But your body requires it to continue to function. And this is where your... New, proper nutrition, your um, energetic movement, enough sleep, reduced stress comes into play. Obviously, those three thing, those four things have a lot of baggage, and I think you need to focus on what's proper for you and your specific body. I am not a nutritionist. I am not a physical trainer. Like, I'm not going to preach to you any sort of method when it comes to your body. You got to do, I will say you got to get enough sleep. I'm gonna tell you that you got it. You have to get enough sleep, but um, when it comes to like what you eat or how you move, I just think it's important to do it in a way that it's healthy and then also um, is aligns with who you are as a person. But I think that that this self care is extremely important to spell work because let's say that you've been pulling all nighters and drinking energy drinks and coffee to do finals and in the middle of like right before the finals you want to cast a spell so you ace those finals like dude your your spell is not going to be that energetic cuz you've gotten no sleep and you've eaten like crap and you're not going <laughs> to you're not going to be able to perform the spell the way you would restfully and eating like nutritiously sorry to call you out a little bit um and you can still do the spell it's just not going to be as powerful as possible and I also think that people need to embrace their bodies for what they're able to do for your ability um and that a spell can be performed regardless of the kind of body you're in everybody has magic in them everybody can perform a spell um you can do it so do it Lastly is the spiritual piece. I feel like this is feels very obvious for a lot of people, but it's really not. This is the piece I struggle with the most and I think it's because I was raised atheist-ish, atheist-Christian, and I'm now agnostic. I have a really hard time, I really understand ghosts and things like that, but I have a really hard time connecting spiritually with like guides and ancestors and deities and any kind of entity like i am not i'm not elevated like i'm not um like i'm not very spiritually aligned i guess but so for me when i think of like spirituality i think of like meditation and journaling and creating my altar and doing energy work like the thing we did with our hands like that kind of stuff But I think it's also really important that when you're developing your spirituality that you go deeper than just that top layer, which is all the stuff I just described. And you focus more on the core of your spirituality, which so I'm re I have like all my notes here on my laptop, which is what I keep looking at. So when I was writing these notes in the blog post that goes with this podcast, I was thinking to myself, what is spirituality like if I had to describe it? And so this is how I describe it. I say this, being spirituality, in my experience and opinion, is the part of yourself that you will be developing for your entire life. It's the visceral, most instinctual part of yourself. It's the life force inside of you that awakens when you're out in the wild. It's the piece of you that connects to other humans and animals. It's your humanity, your creativity, and your soul. And so I personally find this part of myself most when I am performing empathetic work. That's when I'm talking to people, um, connecting with people physically and animals, physically like giving hugs, cuddling, giving massages, petting an animal, uh, like kissing my dog, things like that. I find myself connecting to that part of myself when I have to perform empathetic work. Um, That can include talking to somebody. Sitting silently with somebody is extremely spiritual. I highly suggest doing that with somebody you care deeply about, especially if they require empathy from you because they're going through a tough time. I also find that I connect most with my spirit when I'm doing creative work and creative work that is not that is not given any boundaries. A lot of abstract work. Things where there are no rules. There's no guide to follow. There is the, the fin- finished product doesn't have to look like anything. That's when I find I'm doing the most... Um, Spiritual work and then obviously a lot of people find that they hit the spiritual piece when they um, Use plant medicine or like they I don't know like smoke weed or um, Do acid things like that, which I'm no I do not judge you do you so When it comes to actually spells, it's important to align all these things together. You need to align your mindset with your body and your spirit. So if you have baggage around your body, that's mind and body that you're uh, having baggage around. If you have ancestral trauma that's in you, that's spirit, body, and mind that you have to figure out. And it's important to continually working on these things. And that's where self-care comes into play because the self-care is going to give you the practices to not only deal and cope with like trauma healing it's going to give you the practices to call your call you out and do shadow work that's basically like telling yourself no uh your inner biases are not okay and then it also is going to be like the physical self-care of making sure that you're still functional functional um and that you uh, that you love yourself and you parent yourself correctly And when you're able to align all three and activate all three, even if it's not perfect, as long as you're focusing on making sure that you have all three aligned, your spell will be completed. And so I want to finish this podcast by telling you a story of somebody who DM'd me a few months ago. So this person DM'd me because they had cast a love spell. And it was not a love spell on a specific person, so don't think the craft... It was a general love spell. Like, I intend to find somebody who aligns well with my highest good. That kind of love spell. And this person casted it and they found somebody. They started talking to someone. And talking to that person after they created the love spell made that person, the person who DM'd me, feel immense guilt. Because they thought, the only reason this person is talking to me is because I cast this spell. I've messed with their free will and that made them feel guilty and so they reached out to me because they had already tried to dismantle the spell and they couldn't do it they said i have i've done i like googled it i did all this um spell uncasting spell deconstruction and i still feel like the spell is cast and so i went through and i asked them i was like okay is the physical aspect of the spell still around and they said yes it was written down on a piece of paper. And I was like, okay, that's your first problem. You need to physically remove the evidence. So I was like, mate, you need to make sure you burn the paper. And then I said, okay, who did you ask to help create this spell? Did you have a deity or whatever? They didn't. So um, there was it was more of their personal power. So I was like, okay. And that's where I married the spiritual and the mind piece. And I asked them, what would happen if you... So you're talking to somebody right now. How would you feel, or what, would ha- what are you afraid will happen if you disconnect the spell, if you undo it? And after talking to this person for a while, they came clean and they said, I'm really afraid of actually re- undoing the spell. Like, I feel super guilty about it, but I'm really afraid of undoing it, because what if this person I'm talking to doesn't ever talk to me again? What if they actually never liked me, and they only thought they liked me because I cast a spell? And so we got the root to their mindset problem and that it was, what if I'm not actually loved was the problem. And I think that's why they felt the need to cast the love spell in the first place, to be honest. And so I gave them a few journal prompts and a few exercises to help get to the root of that problem. And then told them, once you've figured that part out, then you can burn the piece of paper with the spell. But even if you burn the piece of paper with the spell, it's just, until you can end the spell in your mind, burning the piece of paper is just for show. It's not actually going to dismantle the spell. And so I think it's very important when we think about things is, You can go through the motions of casting a spell, you can write your intentions down on a piece of paper, you can anoint the candle with your oils and your herbs, you can light the candle, you can draw in all the energy you want and let the candle burn out and then release that energy into the ground. And if you still don't believe that the magic is gonna work, you're never gonna be able to manifest anything. Your mindset matters so much in spell casting. That's why I started with the mind piece when we are talking about those three pieces. That's why I think it is so important to have continual limiting belief, mindset, trauma assessment, care in your life from yourself, friends, and obviously professionals. It is so important, especially if you want to be a magician. You cannot complete spells without accessing your mindset and being honest about it and working through it. So that's how I want to finish out this episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Thank you for listening. If you want to get a love note from me every Friday, that's all it is. I just send you a wonderful little love note. Go to selfcare.vellimore.com. There will be a link in the show notes um, to do that. If you want to read this podcast instead of listen to it, there's also a link for that as well as one to just watch it if you aren't watching on YouTube. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I will see you next Friday. Um, Bye.